Hey everybody, welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 67. This was our Wednesday NFL podcast. We are down to two games to talk about from the past week. Sean and I jumped right in and talked about the AFC first. Talked about the New England Patriots with an incredible run, probably the greatest dynasty of all time. After that, we went into the NFC. We did the NFC after it because... After we recap the game, we talked a lot about the refereeing. We went over what we think is the best solution to this, if there even is a best solution. After that, we finally recapped our picks. We'll be back on Monday with our regular Monday pod, of course. And then on Wednesday, we'll have a quick Super Bowl preview for you guys, and that'll wrap up the NFL pod for the year. So enjoy the pod, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. Welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. It's our Wednesday NFL podcast, but on a Thursday, had to delay it a day, but we got to recap championship weekend. Tom, what's up, brother? Hey, man, what's going on? I'm really fired up for the Pro Bowl, best week of football. Yeah, that's another key element here. We got to make sure we go a deep dive. Uh, Tom's going to break it down position by position, quarter by quarter, skills competition and the like. (laughs) Let's start with the AFC. Um, Obviously, everybody's heard their takes here, but they haven't heard Sorry to Interrupt's take. Um, and you're going to get the most entertainment and uh, breakdown here. So we're starting with the New England Patriots taking the AFC again. So in case you didn't know, the Patriots are going to their third Super Bowl in a row. Yes. And uh, who predicted that this year? Good job, Sean. Good job by you, buddy. Appreciate that. I mean, it's hard to say going out on a limb, but it just goes to speak to their their excellence. I mean, real quick here, I have this is the ninth time with Brady and Belichick, which is more than any other team. Has been in a Super Bowl. This is the 11th of the franchise for the Patriots. Remember, they lost to the Bears in '85, and then the Packers in '96. And Robert Kraft, since buying the team, this is now his 10th trip to the Super Bowl in 25 years. It's remarkable. Um, 37-31 win in overtime. Uh, Patriots got the ball to start overtime. They never looked back, marching right down the field and Which scoring you knew a touchdown. Was going to happen. That was vintage Brady completing three third down and ten conversions, two to Edelman, one to Gronk, right in the same spot, torching the middle of that Chiefs defense. But let's start from beginning to end. What did you take away from this game sequentially? Obviously, the Patriots start bang, bang, boom, right down the field, score the touchdown early. You think it's going to be a route? I thought it was going to be a route when they go up halftime, 14 nothing. Um, Patrick Mahomes just looked like a, basically a rookie quarterback in the playoffs, which is what he was. I mean, this was his first true year. And he came out in the second half and looked like a different player. He came out firing. The Patriots own the first half. You really don't have to say much else about that. They took Gronk out of the garage, which they only do a few times a year. He made a lot of big-time plays. Edelman had a few drops at the beginning of the game, but he got smacked and kind of woke him up towards the end. But first half, you don't really have to say much. The Patriots dominated that half, Um, aside from maybe one or two Tyreek Hill deep balls, which are going to happen because he's the fastest guy in the league. Yeah, Mahomes has the best arm in the league. Yeah, so, so, I mean, that's kind of inevitable. But they fended that off, and and they ended up holding them to zero points, a shutout. And then the second half, it was a different ballgame. Second half was a hell of a lot more interesting. Yeah, it seems like Mahomes 
you know, kind of shook off that little bit of nerves and, and rustiness and, and came out and just slung the ball around the field like he did all year long in the second half, starting to really pick apart that Patriots defense, particularly their secondary, which had been very good, but really some of their deficiencies showed up. No, but some of those deficiencies that you spoke to that you thought were going to come about during the Chargers game did manifest a little bit. You could see that the linebackers just could not move laterally. They couldn't mobilize. Well, yeah, and, especially and really, when you're trying to cover Gronk. Yeah, exactly. exactly. But, no, you also see the, the Patriots linebackers had a big issue Excuse there. Me, yeah, 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 had a big well, issue there too. with Travis, Travis Kelsey. Yes, so, the second be- probably the best tight end in the NFL now. That, once he started, once he started, tight ends, yeah, yeah, once he started to get the ball and you could see Mahomes was starting to get a little more confidence, letting it rip a little bit. Three touchdowns, no picks, and his – you know, this AFC Championship debut, 16 of 31, you would take that, particularly when the first half was pretty abysmal. But, you know, up and down the line here, and this is going to be a theme, especially when we talk about the NFC game, I, I really couldn't understand, I couldn't deal with the refereeing and the officiating in this game. It was terrible. I mean, I can pinpoint a few. How about that pass interference? I'm doing air quotes right now on Tom Brady. Are you fucking kidding me? The guy grazed his peck called that a 15-yard penalty. Mahomes got face mask. That was never called. I still don't know how Edelman's muff punt was not touched. But if you look at the replay to give the refs and everyone credit, he never touched the ball. Good job by whoever had that game. I forgot what channel I was watching. That was CBS, yeah. That was the Romo Romo game. Come on, man. Listen, the real winner of it all was Romo. He was incredible. And I should talk him for the uh, 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 kind of thing. He's doing the Super Bowl next week. I can't wait. That that's gonna be awesome, but I mean, every angle he didn't touch that ball. He didn't, which is just magic. Like, and a guy who's so sure-handed. Like, how does he not graze the football? I mean, what a break they got there. And then obviously, the cream of the crop though was the defensive lined up in the neutral zone on D Ford, that which was cost them a pen, which cost them. The the game, uh, the game and the interception, but a lot of situations got put. I thought it was bad on both sides. I think that the it was not consistent, the officiating, with really a lot of the calls, the pass interference on, I forget the cornerback's name for New England, down the sideline, Harley touched the guy, called that a penalty. Nothing as bad as the other game, but this one was kind of... But, it was bad officiating on both sides, so it kind of evened out. Exactly, and being on being the second game of the of the championship games that we're on, you you know we were so still kind of shocked and stunned from what happened in New Orleans, where we were hypersensitive. I think as viewers watching this game and being like, "This is just a trick." Like, what is in the air on this Sunday? Um, but looking at it, I think the Chiefs are going to be in this situation a lot. I mean, Mahomes is is a bona fide stud. After shaking off a little bit of nerves, it seemed like he really had the poise control and definitely was able to make all the plays on the field. Yeah, we said it last week, man. He'll he'll be back here. Yeah, and Chiefs I got fans don't have anything to worry no, about. No, I gotta say, team. I the Andy Reid mismanagement, clock of possession issue or time of possession, clock issues, which he seems to have his whole career. He did not lose this game. He there, coached no, a good game. There was one ill-advised timeout late in the fourth quarter, but aside from that. He did do a good job. My only question to him is, like, why was he not using any of his timeouts in overtime? Like, you could see his defense was just sucking wind, particularly once the Patriots got into the red zone. I mean, yeah, when you convert three third and tens, it's not just Tom Brady dissecting you, although he's the greatest of all time. 
it, your defense is gas. Yeah, you got it. You, you have to break, even if they're not tired, you just have to break the Patriots from their momentum. If you call one timeout there in between any of those, maybe that maybe one of those thirds downs don't get con- converted and it's a field goal as opposed to a touchdown. Exactly. Which leads me to my next question for you, man. I mean, we can discuss this at the end of the NFC game, but why don't we do it now? How do you feel about the overtime rules where they currently constitute? I think that they're better than college because college is just like a constant back and forth. And it can yeah, go the game could be years. 16-16 and it could end 75-7, you know, 70 Yeah, but I think that both teams should have at least one opportunity to touch the ball. Totally agree with you. So much better. And listen, it's 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 slow progression. They're... The, the league is constantly trying to make things better. At least you like to think so. With Roger Goodell in the NFL, I don't know. A, a couple of years ago, it was you drive the you make three completions, you're at the 25 or whatever, Kick and a field you goal chip and go in home. a field goal and yep. see you later. At least now it has to be a touchdown. Next thing I think it should be is each team has one chance to rebuttal. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think in the regular season it's fine, um, especially because yeah, absolutely you, the playoff rules should be. But different. in the playoffs, both teams, you know, they deserve to be there. Particularly the Chiefs. I had a feeling that whoever was going to get the ball first was at least going to score. I didn't know if the Chiefs were going to score a touchdown or if the Pats were going to score a touchdown, but I felt whoever got the ball the way. I mean, there was 38 combined points scored in the fourth quarter between the teams, so you had a feeling that was going to spill in on in overtime. So whoever got the ball first was going to have a legitimate chance to win that game. I do like the fact that it forces the teams to go for the touchdown and not just get complacent as you spoke to with, you know, complete three passes and then kick a field goal and walk it off. But I think honestly right now we're in a pretty good state as far as the competition is concerned. Um, the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl. It's absolutely ridiculous. This is the greatest run we've ever seen, and this is the greatest run we'll ever see. This tops the 70s Steelers. This tops the 80s Niners. Is this the greatest run in sports is more the question. It has to be because you got to remember, too, for you the longest time. look at the Celtics in the, uh, in the 60s, 60s, I believe. I think they had, like, what, Ten, I, well, Russell ten. has eleven championships yeah. himself, but they had. That I think it was like eleven event. titles in thirteen years or yeah, fourteen. So years. that's better, but I mean, it's also a different time. Well, what's yeah, exactly, and I think what's most incredible about this is it's been done with one quarterback, one, one head coach. coach, and it's been done in a salary cap era where it's impossible to keep a string of dominance together. Now, I do think they've been helped out by playing in the division they've been in. All three teams have been pretty down. You know, the Jets had that one or two year stretch where they made two straight AFC championship games. The Dolphins won the East in 2008, but the Bills have been awful. And then both those other teams have been pretty terrible since. We so, don't even count 2008 because Brady was hurt that year. Yeah, and they still went 11 and 5 with Matt Castle quarterbacking. So. I mean, this is the most dominant run, and they're always drafting, you know, 28th, 30th, 31st, 32nd. In some cases, they've had their picks taken away from them due to errors of their own Spygate, Deflategate, and what have you. But the fact that they're able to do this, trade guys, and you can see, like, football is a ruthless sport because Belichick works that cap with absolutely no apologies and... You know, no well, sentimentality. That's, that's how he works, man. I'd rather get rid of you a year early than a year too late. Which he tried to do with Gronk, and, and Gronk's, you know, they're reaping the benefits right now because that pass that Brady made to him, and in addition to the blocking he's been doing, he's had a really good two postseason games. Well, they're figuring out, and late in the season, I feel like they figured out how to use Gronk in his, um, I guess you would say, second stage 
or latter stage of his career. That doesn't count him playing safety as the last line of defense. No, that does not return, count. Does it? Okay. No, maybe someday. Maybe he'll slim down. But as a blocker, I mean, since they really started using Gronk as a blocker, Michelle has really blossomed as well. Yeah, and how about the game Rex Burkhead had? The second half Rex Burkhead yeah. had because he looked terrible in the first half, but. I mean, come on, you score two touchdowns, one being the clincher. Uh, uh, he had a hell of a game. And James White went nuts in the first half and just picked up where he left off in the Charger game. Yeah, absolutely. It's a system of dominance. And as much as I hate the Patriots, and we'll say this next week before we jump on into the Saints, I'll probably reiterate it. If there's one thing I hate more than the New England Patriots, it's the NFL and Roger Goodell. And I know he hates this because this is like five Super Bowls, or, or sorry, maybe three Super Bowls since the Flategate, I believe. This is the fourth, yeah. The fourth? Yeah. Wow. I just love that they're sticking it to him. Oh, yeah. And, absolutely. and honestly, you know, I can't say that I'm rooting for the Patriots, but I'm not going to be devastated if they win. No. I love seeing Goodell have to give Brady that trophy. Listen, from a fan of spite, as everybody listening knows I am, I think it's great. Um, the other thing, too, is I'll say this. It's you have to respect it and you should appreciate it now. Now, we're not fans of Boston sports. You obviously have a reason to hate the Patriots because they've dominated you your shouldn't. team. You don't even have one. As a Giant fan, I have no reason. We're, you know, if it wasn't for the NFC East and the Giants twice, Brady and Belichick would be undefeated in Super Bowl. So it's no skin off my back how they do. I'm, I don't like Boston sports, so that is what it is. But you have to just sit back and watch this. And the, I mean, the guy's 39 years old. And he is just ripping it and just cutting it loose in 20-degree weather and hostile environment on the road and just, and like you said, dissecting the Chiefs' defense. I mean, this isn't supposed to happen. And the, we've said all year, this is not the same Patriots. This is not the same Patriots. And yet when it comes time to win, the ultimate trust, regardless of whatever personal rift may have grown in the last two decades— that trust that Brady and Belichick have within each other to know they're going to put themselves in the best situation to win for the team and put each other in the best situation, we're never going to see this again. No, and that relationship, I mean, so what, it's frayed. I mean, me and you have only been doing this for a year, and I'm already sick and tired of you, so I mean... Really? I mean, Want to go listen, down this I could, road, son? I could, <laughs> I could only imagine, you know, two big personalities, and, and they argue, but aside from that... When it comes to January, they figure it out every single year. It, it's remarkable. It'll never happen again. No. And, and even I'm tired in, of talking about even it. Even in the three Super Bowls they've lost, I mean, I, they've lost by a touchdown or less each time. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy. So, congratulations to the New England Patriots. They'll play again in the Super Bowl in a week and a half. We'll move on now to the game that everybody was talking about for, it seemed like, all week to the point of should they replay the game? Should they replay the petition. quarter? There's a petition floating out there to replay the game. I guess there's some rule in the NFL rule. Well, what it that- is is that they can if, if if the circumstance is so utterly ridiculous, Goodell has the right to kind of play a game almost like in baseball where you can protest. But it has to be such an incredibly crazy circumstance, like a player has to like pass away on the field or like you know, the referee passes away on like something that drastic, not, not blown calls. We see blown calls all the time. This just happened to be the most egregious, no call we've ever seen in the most critical moment, arguably we've ever seen in a football game. So let's start there. The before, you know, dissecting the game, 
I, I it, it was literally the worst no call I've ever seen. He the the defender, excuse me for forgetting his name, committed three penalties on that play: a pass interference, a helmet to helmet, and hitting a defenseless receiver. And none of them were called. And you were just waiting, waiting for the flag to be thrown. And when it didn't come, it was like it was one of those like kind of like time stand still moments where you can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I mean, I think the ref was just nervous, clearly, or something like that. I, maybe he froze up. I, I don't know. But, you know, and this is a thing, and I guess we could talk about this after, but where maybe replay should be more incorporated into the game for situations like this. But when you look into breaking down the game, there was a lot of opportunities that the Saints left on the table, and I know it was the worst balloon call ever. And trust me, I lost a lot of money on it, and I also lost my Super Bowl pick on it, so I'm not happy. I'm one of the people that are upset. I signed that petition. I signed <laughs> CEO, sorry sports, Tom Bocino. Jesus Christ. Um, but listen, the Saints shouldn't have been passing in that situation Thank in the you. first place. They passed on the play before. Yep. So they should have never been in that, I guess you would say, situation. No, in they the shouldn't first have. Place. It was a, an egregious call. The worst call of all time. But the Saints did it to themselves, period. I totally agree. I'm glad you mentioned that, and I had a feeling you would. I, uh, that's something that not enough people to me are talking about. That's, you know, complete there was an incomplete ineptitude. Pass to play before that. That's complete ineptitude as far as Sean Payton is concerned about about utilizing your, the clock properly. You're inside the red zone. The You force the freaking Rams to burn all their timeouts. Now, I understand if it's converted – and, you know, you get inside the five, they don't have any time left, you kick the field goal and you win. I get that. And they would have won. This isn't one of those calls where it's like, oh, well, it's near not sure. It didn't set them up for a 45-yard. It sent the, you know, literally five. Yeah, yeah, it was less than an extra point. But what are you doing passing the ball? And even some of the gimmicky stuff, you know, having Taysom Hill running very important plays out of the shotgun as you know, the Rams are coming That's back. That's the shit you leave in the regular season. You got Drew Brees on your goddamn team here. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like you even have Jared Goff, where okay, he's young, he's never been in this position before. You have Drew Brees, who's won a Super Bowl before. Yep. Let him lead you down the field. And again, although I have to say he didn't look himself. No, he didn't. But it's still Drew Brees, and you got to trust him in those huge moments. And when it comes to a running game, you have two Pro Bowl running backs. It's not like you have Damian Williams out there. And where the hell was Malcolm Thomas? Michael Thomas. Michael rather. Thomas. I, was, I, I don't know where he Guy was. Guy had but I know four my... receptions for yeah. 32 yards. Targeted seven times. The game before, he was he destroyed the Eagles. He was targeted like 15 times. Yeah. And, and you can't say that's just to leave. That was just a, a terrible game plan. And again, the Saints lost that game. You can't blame this shit all on one play. They left so many good plays out on the field. It wasn't just that. And that's why I'm not that mad about it because it's like, you know, if they were if they were running and gunning like the Chiefs uh, Rams games where where everything was going well for each team and it was a 45-45 game and it was blown on that, okay, that was the they earned that win and you took it away from them. No, this game they lost that game. They shouldn't have been passing in that situation. You have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram to stuff it. And probably Alvin Kamara can get a first down whenever the fuck he wants. Yeah, and even if you don't get the first down, you're forcing them, you're you're killing the clock, and you're forcing the Rams to make burn their timeouts, which they don't want to do. Yeah, exactly. Even if you run the ball and you kick a 36-yard field goal, they'll probably have, what, maybe 14 seconds left to go on the clock, from what I remember. That's not enough time to drive drive a team down the field. No, That's absolutely two Hail Marys. Not. Yeah. 
You know, depending on depending on if they squib it to you or not. So well, the Saints lost this game. Yeah, now let's period. switch over to the Rams. I totally agree with you. Let's switch over to the Rams, who actually did win the football game. My first question is, I really don't know where Todd Gurley was. This just seemed weird to me. I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know if he was hurt. They showed him on the bike a little bit, but like it never came out that he was hurt. They had the sideline reporters. Fox had the game, and they were all over it trying to figure out what was going on, and no one really had an answer. That's good. That means McVay's a good head coach. If you're figuging out what's wrong, you know your your team talks too much. Yeah, but I, I also think that you know, people should have an idea. Like, just the broadcasters just seem... I felt bad for Buck and Aikman. You know, I'm not a fan of Aikman, but I don't understand. They they were helpless. They had no idea what was going on with a guy who was an MVP candidate. Well, Belichick keeps it that way, too, and that seems to work for him. So. Well, it didn't work for him last year when uh, when his, when his uh, Malcolm Butler didn't play. Very that, true. He got, a, he got torn apart for that, and the only reason he had a leg to stand on is because he's won five Super Bowls. But... Yeah, this didn't make any sense to me. I know C.J. Anderson's been a revelation there. I think it's the system. I think he's in good enough shape, even though he doesn't look it, just simply because he didn't play that much in Carolina and Oakland. But this is Todd Gurley we're talking about. And I know he had some bumps and bruises throughout the season, but they were running him hard against the Cowboys the week before and then even in week 16 and 17. I don't know where he was in this game. They are very lucky they won because if they didn't, they'd be have McVay would have to be answering a lot of that. And it seemed like he was good enough to play. I don't know if he just had some bad bad carries or I don't know what it was, man. It was it was just weird to me. Yeah, uh, there's really no explanation for it, but if there's one team that he can really light up, it's the New England Patriots with those linebackers. You would think so, right? I hope so. So I mean, let's see if he gets himself healthy and right. I mean, reg- whether he was hurt or not, I don't know. That's the thing. We still don't know what happened with him. But the Rams advanced to the super, first Super Bowl since they've been the L.A. Rams part two. They did go in 1979 when they, when they were the L.A. Rams. Now this is the fourth time in history, first since 2001, when we had, yes, the Rams versus Patriots, which launched the Patriots dynasty. Um Goff, I thought to me was pretty good. He started. All right, in he did enough. He, he twenty-five of forty with a pick and a touchdown. He had a Dak Prescott esque game when the Cowboys win, just you know, enough to win, yep. and that's all you need. And you know what? But for a young rookie, or not rookie, but for a guy playing his first first road postseason game. game, I give this guy a lot of credit, man. I mean, it looked like he was kind of just all over the place to start the game, kind of like Mahomes was. He owned it in. He was, yeah, he was, he was on the road. That crowd was nuts. It seemed, you know, he couldn't get, he couldn't hear the, the receptor through, through the helmet and get the play calls in. And after a while, it seemed like, you know, that, that crowd could not maintain that level of energy. That, that was just crazy. So he was able to start trickling the ball down the field a little bit, able to convert some tough passes, use the weapons that he had, and then started to quiet down that that crowd a little bit, and and I give him credit. I mean, he he orga- he orchestrated a really good final drive too, and then you had Greg the Leg Zerline single handedly winning this game for the for the Rams. Yeah, he he's amazing. Vinatieri esque. Yeah, and we said that on Monday, and he he absolutely killed it for them. I mean, you know, he 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 was hurt earlier in the year, and I said that that was going to be a big loss for them, and it ended up being for the time, but. Listen, he's back, and I mean, he's definitely going to make an impact in the Super Bowl as well. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I think the I think the game winner was 48, and I think it was good from 75. Oh, I yeah. I mean, it was it was one of the best kicks I've I've seen, especially given the pressure. So, congratulations to the Los Angeles Rams. They are going to the Super Bowl. 
And now you kind of have this really interesting dynamic. And we're going to really go into the Super Bowl next week. To this week was more talking about the games. But you're going to have now the, the master in Belichick and then the young, what people believe to be, the next up-and-coming guy. We saw all these coaches get head coaching jobs. Anybody that shook hands with Sean McVay got a head coaching <laughs> job or at least a look. Um, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I think that there's not many times that McVay's been a head coach where he's been outsmarted, but now he's going against the GOAT. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be a really fun Super Bowl. We'll definitely have a pack preview for you guys next week, especially because some more news will come out. We'll see who's injured and whatnot right before the games start. We'll be be over on Radio Row as well, so that'll be exciting stuff. Right. It's going to be really nice down there in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll be right next to Chick-fil-A. Can't wait. So um, come over and say hi. That's but, right. A, a little bit of question, though. So you mentioned it before, and let's talk about uh, now that we've digressed with question, both these games. First question, in your opinion, yeah. I'll ask you this off the top. Do you feel that – I don't really feel it for the Patriots game – because it was there was bad calls on both sides. Yeah. And it kind of evened each other out. But for the Saints game, did that call taint the game for you? For me, no. No, I think it wasn't just that call. I I do believe that some of the I I do believe some of the officiating took away from the games. I I, I do think that you know, there were those questions early in the year, especially with the pat with the roughing the passer calls that were just um, unbelievably absurd. Um, and then it seemed like through the middle towards end of the season, everybody figured it out. But here's my thing. You never want officiating, umpiring, whatever to be the storylines of the most important games of the year. These are the conference championship games. And regardless of whether it was unfair on both sides of the Pats and, and chiefs, or, you know, obviously highlighted by the terrible, no call down in the Superdome in new Orleans, you don't want that to be talked about. You don't want that to be the reason. And I think there has to be some kind of mechanism put in place where referees with the officials can congregate and say, listen, I, I understand that's your call and you're in that spot. That's in passing well, interference. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to answer the first question, I don't believe it tainted the game because of all what I said before. The Saints left that game on the field themselves. They had so many plays that they left out there. But to go back into what you said, the MLB as well as the NBA, if there's an egregious call or a ref has a better angle even though they're further away, they'll get together and they'll figure it out. Yes. And I think that the the referees have, have to have something to do with that. And I understand the fields, the dimensions of the field are obviously a lot more vast with baseball as opposed to f- football is more vast, right? The, guy, the line judge is maybe 80 yards away on some plays, right? Yep. So I don't know if it's okay. The referee call the the head referee calls them all together, or put a fucking earpiece in the guy's ear and have somebody in New York watching the game live and say, in this situation, say there was three penalties on that play. You none of, to the to the head ref and say none of you guys saw any of them. Go fucking talk it over and get this call right. Yeah, I, to- I totally agree. I mean, it's in in 2019 now. There should be a way where. You know, in MLB and in the NBA, they both have video review teams. And in the MLB, they have it in fucking New York, and they call the people during the game in live time. You should have a guy, like, in your ear saying, that call was fucked up really bad. You guys need to go talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's that collectiveness between NBA officials and MLB umpires where 
listen, they work as crews, just like the NFL refs do. But even if you have your crew chief, which known as in, in baseball, where they're going to be kind of the, the main umpire for a series or whatever, at the end of the day, none holds superiority over the other. If, if, there's a, if there's a line drive down the line and it's called foul and, you know, a team doesn't even have a challenge, the umpires can be like, listen, I saw that from across the field. I know that's your ball, but that's a, that was a fair ball. I saw a chalk come and the up. Same thing and maybe in- you didn't want to make the play. Maybe, or maybe you didn't want to, maybe you, you just couldn't pull the trigger on the call, I get, but we can't have this happen. It's the same thing in the NBA too. Like if, if there's a loose ball and two players are going for it on opposing teams, one ref can see it from one angle that's closer. Another ref can see it from another angle. He might be further away, but he has a better viewpoint. One ref will say, this guy had it out of bounds on him. He'll say, no, I saw the whole thing. They get together and they figure it out over a replay. Yep. We're in the NFL. I mean, I know it was a lockout time, but nobody wants to be the one ref holding the touchdown from that Seattle Green Bay game yeah, exactly. and the other ref holding the no touchdown. So it's like if, if one guy makes a call, the other one doesn't want to step on his toes and embarrass him. That's the feeling I get. No, I, I agree there's with never you. A corrected, once the call is made in the NFL, if it's a non-challengeable play, it's never changed. Yeah, occasionally you'll get the, you know, after conference we elected to pick up the flag. But that's more for, college than yeah, anything. And you see that, that a lot more in college. You do. And in the NFL it does happen, but you know, maybe it'll ha- maybe what'll happen is like, oh, they threw a flag when they thought somebody had defensive, you know, lined up in the neutral zone, but then, you know, somebody ran over another referee lined over, maybe the line judge says, nah, he was totally fine and say and they pick up the flag. I mean that does happen from time to time. I just think at the very least you need to have an earpiece in the head judge's ear and them say you got to go to replay and figure this shit out. We already sit through a bunch of commercials. Clearly, we love football. I don't mind another commercial in a champ in an, and at least the playoffs for you guys to get this shit right. Because if I was a Jets fan, you probably wouldn't be talking. You'd probably be saying my eulogy right. Oh now. yeah, if this was done, if this was done to the Giants at that point of the game, it, it's reprehensible. You, it, it would, it would have been awful. And the other thing I can't stand, and the reason that I kind of pose the question of is it tainted, or you pose the question of is it tainted or not, is not so much from whether it impacted or decided the game, but I do. But you're right. No, you're right. That dude. it's taking it's the all attention away, and there's nothing that we can do about it. We can sit here and not want to talk about it, but if you're an intelligent sports fan and you watch that game, either game, you can't mention the game or the flow of the game or how certain things were dictated without the referees. You just can't. And the other thing I hate is like, you know, Sean Payton getting off the podium and being like, Oh yeah, well, you know, New York, the the NFL already called me and said that was not only one, but three penalties. I can't believe it was not. What good does that do you? Honestly, it doesn't do you anything good. So you admit it. What does that mean? It's like, okay, well, does it change the fact that you lost? No. Does it change the fact that the other team's going to the Super Bowl? No. Does it change the fact that you're not even going to play it again? No. There's no suspension of the game. There's no, we're going to replay it from, you know, a minute and 48 seconds left or however much time was left. No, there's none of that. So you know what? Let it breathe. Everybody knows you fucked up. Don't call the guy right after and say, yeah. listen, because then where were you during the game then? This doesn't do you any good now. Like you said, there should be a way for them to call in the league offices and say, listen, I understand this is what you guys decided and made on the call in the field. If we have to suspend play for 45 minutes to get this right. Fucking do it right. Because they Absolutely. can call in and say in two seconds, 
Listen, boys. I don't know what you were watching, but there's going to be chaos here if you don't if you don't pick, throw a if you don't throw a flag. Absolutely. And the only thing that we can do from here is you got to learn if you're the NFL, and I think they're by far the worst at this when it comes to off the field things. So I have a feeling they're behind in everything. I have a feeling it's going to be on the field things too. But you see it in the NBA and you see it in the MLB when something that egregious happens. I'll refer back to one thing. If you don't remember. Um, I believe it. I don't know if it was Annabelle Sanchez was throwing a no hitter. Oh, uh, Galarraga. Armando, the excuse game. me. Armando Galarraga was throwing a no hitter, and it was the most. Jim Joyce made the most egregious safe call on a ground ball. That was a perfect Miguel, game that Miguel Cabrera threw. Yeah, and he was out by the runner was out by like six steps. Yep, and he called him safe. And the next day, he went and gave him the lineup card, and Jim Joyce, or whatever his name is, was crying and all this stuff. But you know what MLB did? They said, this is fucked up, and that was the main thing that made them do it. Yep. We have to go to an instant replay thing. Same thing with NBA's been way ahead of well, this. Well, I'll They've give you a better example, because even though that was a great one, it was a regular season game. Let's take the Don Denkinger home game in the 1985 World Series, Royals, yeah, yeah. Royals uh, Cardinals. Cardinals. I mean... That was they didn't have the technology at the time, but that was the one because that cost the Royal or that cost the Cardinals that game and probably that entire World Series. And that's the thing: if that one play is done, called properly, we talk history a different way. For now, forever, as long as we talk about the NFL playoffs. I mean, last year we could totally discuss about how. The Saints had the worst defensive play of all time and allowed Stefan Diggs to not only catch the ball down the sideline, but, but then run it in. But at the very least, it was a player. But it was we'll a, player. a player. Now we're this entire game will be known. And even you know we saw the double doink game. We called the you know the Bears Eagles. That's a kicker again. That's a player impacting the the game, regardless of how relevant the player is or not. This will always be known as the non-pass interference call game. And that's that's not how you want one of your signature moments in your league's history to be remembered. It's not. No. Something needs to be done, and I just hope that the NFL gets off their ass and does something about it instead of waiting till the next um, player, whatever, CBA or whatever you want to call it, negotiations or, or whenever. Something needs to be changed, and I hope they do something about it this year. Just like the MLB would, or the or the NBA would, if they see something. If the I'm confident that if the MLB or the NBA saw something this egregious, they would do something about it the next off season. Yep. It would be like the main topic of the meetings. And I have to say, even though we're not big hockey fans, the NHL is also super progressive and incredibly ahead of the times as far as the way they officiate and and go over. Um, you know, different penalties and goal scoring, too. even soccer as well, and tennis, yeah. everything but the Every, NFL. Everything other about than that. the NFL. So the last question I have for you to, before we put this to bed is: Does a rule change now need to be implemented as far as being able to challenge pass interference calls? They're already talking about it in the competition committee. Which, by the way, just a quick sidebar: I fucking hate that name. Every time somebody says the committee, it sounds like there's more like official notice behind it. No, you're crawling out of your caves now because this happened, and you realize you should probably talk about something. I don't think I'm not comfortable with the challenge thing as much as I am with a system of replay like the NBA and the MLB has. Although it is somewhat of a challenge system when it comes to... And baseball managers get two. The MLB. Or they get one. If they get it right, they but get to keep one. Honestly, as a good as, as a starting point, before they go full-on put the mic in the ref's ear and let somebody wa- analyze an entire game in New York or wherever, I think that'd be a good thing. One each half, maybe. Would you 
add that as part of the three challenges or would that be like you would get two regular challenges like we have now and then that would be like one like trophy challenge challenge. yeah like a green flag or some shit yeah yeah i I would probably to make it more interesting i would incorporate it as one of the two challenges okay It, it brings a little more strategy to the game it makes the head coach even more impactful um so i would honestly bring it as one of the two challenges so I guess you wouldn't even have one each half. You'd have, but you would just incorporate it into the challenge rule, in my opinion. Okay. And I don't think that's bad. I think if they're going to go about do, making that a thing, that's probably the best way to do it's it. It's a start. But it's a start down the right path. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it the other way. I'm going to say no. I think referees and officials just need to do a fucking better job. I, I, I agree with you, but again, these people are still human. And the referees, I think this year in the NFL, it was particularly garbage. From a top to bottom entire season standpoint, there was a lot of terrible calls made this year. And I think sometimes you got to take it out of the human's hands and let these guys play play the game. I agree with you. I think the only issue being, though, is that in the NFL, there's so many different penalties and calls that happen in a game. You know, in baseball, you know, we've talked about this, especially during baseball season. You can never get to a point where you're calling balls or strikes. Absolutely. You cannot. But that's why you set up rules and you set up regulations. But you have, you know, what are you, you looking can... at? Fair and foul, safer out. You know, was the ball over the over the wall or did a fan interfere? That's really it. You know, in the NFL, you have just on offense, you have offensive holding, you have false start. No, I don't think it should and go that deep NFL, into and that. Then, you know, on defense, you have because if you're gonna have because if you're if it's gonna get to the point where you have holding. Honestly, and and analysts will say this all the time. You could go holding every play. Oh yeah, but that's my but that's my. I don't point, think it goes. Though. I don't think it goes that because deep. I have, say I, what I would say is actually that you could make a rule where you can't you can't challenge something outside the hash marks. Okay, I mean that's or you a can't bit challenge better. something inside the hash yeah marks. inside the hash marks. So when I it guess comes to holding, roughing the passer. Anything but like see, that. Then that's where that's where I it starts to get murky for me because how about that Clay Matthews roughing the passer? What about that Tom the one that was called on Brady the other well, night? Well, then you can you're gonna I challenge mean, those. I mean, because they're we don't have to go too deep into it because we don't work for the NFL. But then maybe you could say, okay, you can't challenge any offensive line pe- or any any line penalties. I just think then it's you know because how severe some of those penalties are. I mean, a pass interference is you know spot of the ball foul, but in if you have a roughing the passer, that's an automatic first down and 15 yards. So I could have, cha- if I was the coach and I had that mechanism in place, I would have been, if I was Andy Reid, I would have challenged that pass interference or roughing the passer that was called on Brady. Or if I was, um, you know, Mike McCarthy at the time, the one that was called on, on uh, Clay, Matthews. Clay Matthews. Absolutely. Because there's such awful calls that they're going to dictate the change in pace of the game and the result of the game. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's why I may veer more towards somebody watching it, watching the game, because it, it, there would that's have to be That's what I think is wording, the best result, yeah. Listen, it, I just honestly want a change made. I, I, I don't know what it is, and there's somebody smarter than you. I'm probably as smart as the person, but somebody smarter than you that's going to figure it out. Easy, man. Um, so... uh, there's nothing else to say. It needs to be fixed, period. It needs to be fixed. And on top of that, we should also not be prisoners of the moment because as you spoke to, and I hope people don't forget it, the Saints lost that game on their own. Sean Payton coached a bad game. And I was as much of a Saints fan without being one as anybody. And I was so pissed, but you you have to look at it. Yeah, you also, though, cannot take away from the fact that regardless of what led up to it, if that call was made... Lutz, the kicker for New Orleans, is kicking a 20-yard field goal 
with the chance to win and send them to the NFC Championship. Absolutely. So something has to be done. We know that. Another piece of league news that just came down today is John Harbaugh is getting an extension with the Baltimore Ravens for four years. So well-deserved for the season that he put Well-deserved, and I think he knew that was coming, which is why he kept Lamar in that game um, to get his – to you know take his lumps and, and get beaten down because he knows he's going to be his guy going forward. So I think it's safe to say we've seen the end of Joe Flacco and just the beginning of Lamar Jackson. Absolutely. And speaking of Joe Flacco, I'll just give you one crazy, crazy stat that I saw today before we jump into our recap of our picks. Since 2003, four quarterbacks have played in the Super Bowl since the AFC. Four. That's it. So you've had Brady, Peyton, Flacco, and... Big Ben. Big Ben, of course. Yes, Ben Roethlisberger's been there three times. Manning's been there four times. Flacco's been there once. And Tom Brady has been there one, two, this is three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is since 2003. Oh, since 03. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah eight, eight times. Jesus That's unbelievable. Christ. Yeah, because then you ridiculous. had Rich That's Gannon six- and... That's 16 years. That's unreal. Yeah, then you had Rich Gannon, who was the only guy in between the first Brady championship and the second, and then it went down that list. That is a crazy stat. Jesus. Yeah, um, the AFC has been dominated, further, further making me more depressed. Yeah, and further making the Patriots the greatest dynasty in sports history. Absolutely, Fucking except it. for the Celtics. Different yeah, time, though. Different, different time. time. Yeah. But why don't we jump into our picks before we wrap this thing up? Um, so Sean went 2-0. And I was robbed of a 2-0 by a referee. Won't name his name because I don't fucking know it. And I don't care because he's probably fired. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, good job by you. Thanks, man. Yeah. And we will be jumping into Am I the our, only one that has one of those Super Bowl picks in, right? Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I now, lost I'll give Saints. you credit. Both of yours did make the playoffs. My Viking pick didn't even make the playoffs. Yes. But I am MVP the one that has is, a team. My MVP pick is still well alive, too. Yes, mine is not. No, but... I mean, listen, you win some, you lose some. You beat me in picks this year, and this is your first uh, non-loss week. Yeah. I mean, you ha- we had to drop it down to two games for you, so you're kind of in the uh, shallow end of the pool. It was cute. I still, Good job. I'll still take it. Absolutely. At least, I could, I, at least I could jump in the shallow end of the pool. You couldn't. You couldn't oh, barely okay. stick your I've been, foot in. I've been 4-0 a couple times. I was swimming in the deep end, buddy. I drowned a lot, but <laughs> I, I also, it was sink or swim, and I learned how to swim. But, I think that was know. the kiddie pool you were in, but either, okay. either okay. way, um, yeah, so we won't make our Super Bowl pick this week. We're going to save that for next week. See some more injuries and just listen and to what everybody's in, got to say. Yeah, and go into the game, do a deep dive, and of course, if any other league news surfaces, if any repercussions come from this weekend of games, uh, you'll be hearing our takes. Absolutely. So we'll be back from Atlanta on Radio Row on Monday. Hopefully, we won't even be talking about any football. We'll be talking about Manny Machado and Pinstripe. We keep saying that, and I'm just... Oh, dude, I'm, I, we can't continue to go down this. Got to be happy crazy. with the with the Adovino thing, though. But uh, enjoy your weekend, guys. Enjoy the Pro Bowl. I'm sure everybody will be watching. Where every was your deep dive? Oh, I left it in the car. That's fine. We'll oh, do it next year. Man, come on. We'll do it next year. But we will talk to you guys on Monday and have a good night. Have a good night. <laughs>